Open your Bible, please, the book of Deuteronomy. Deuteronomy chapter 1 and verse 19. Thank you, church. Uh, every, everything has been so special. And um, every, all of the ways you've taken care of me and my wife has been very special. And thank you, church, for bringing in these other missionaries. It, it thrills my heart to hear them, to get to know them. And to see what God's doing through their lives. And um, I appreciate that. I Thank you uh, for, for doing that and for letting us be here. And um, we, we, uh, I, I want that to be more than words. I really can't express it to you. Uh, what that means to us. Uh, to be able to just be with you. And um, you know the, the, um, the word of God is here and the king is here. And uh, the king's in the building, amen. He's the king of kings, the king of glory. He's a great king above all gods, and he's our God, and we love him. Stand with me. We're going to read Deuteronomy chapter number 1 and verse number 19. And we'll have a word of prayer before we, before we are seated. The Bible says, And when we departed from Horeb... We went through all that great and terrible wilderness which ye saw by the way of the mountain of the Amorites as the Lord our God commanded us. And we came to Kadesh Barnea. Let's pray. Lord, we love you and thank you so much. We could never, uh, we could never articulate uh, our thanks to you. Lord, to be in the house of God tonight is more than we could ask or think. Help me to preach. I pray, God, you'd fill me with your spirit. And give me what your sheep need tonight. And I pray, God, that you would be magnified. If anyone's here is lost, God, what a great night to come to know Jesus. And, Lord, we ask you again to please send laborers into your harvest. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. You may be seated. They came, the Bible says, to Kadesh Barnea. I want you to, we're going to, we'll read that next verse also. The Bible says, And I said unto you, Ye are come unto the mountain of the Amorites, which the Lord our God doth give unto us. Behold, the Lord thy God has set the land before thee. Go up and possess it, as the Lord God of thy fathers hath said unto thee. Fear not, neither be discouraged. Kadesh Barnea the children of Israel had left Egypt and they hadn't been out. They really hadn't left Egypt for about a, about a year is what, it, is what it was. And they came to the, to the river there and the promised land was on the other side. They were just a year or less out of Egypt. And they got to the river and God said, all right, there it is, take it. And Kadesh Barnea, is a, it, it's not really a fork in the road. Um, it's, it's a place, it's, it's more like a milestone where you get to a spot in your spiritual journey and God shows you something about your life that you either need to add or subtract. And that's, in our lives, that would be a Kadesh Barnea where God says, look, I got this thing for you to do right here. Now you need to cross that river and possess it. Some good examples of that the preacher always already mentioned tonight. 
is, is Bible reading. You know, when I got saved, I was not reading my Bible every day. And when, in fact, I was saved at age 14 and really until the age 27, I never got serious at all about reading my Bible. But when I got right with God at age 27, I got right with God and, and, and God began to work in my life. And brothers and sisters, I, I couldn't tell you the books of the Bible at that point in time. But God spoke to my heart and said, I want you to read this word of mine every... Now get this, listen. <clears throat> he said, I want you to read my Bible every day of your life. Yeah. I want you to do that. And there's, there's Christians here tonight. There's Christians here tonight. That's your Kadesh Barnea. In other words, uh, this isn't about reading the Bible every day, but this is an example of what a Kadesh Barnea is. That's just a, that's a milestone. I can look back. I, there's a milestone in my life. One milestone is when I start reading my Bible every day. And I remember, uh, Pastor Shivlin, I remember uh, there in the beginning, I'd, I'd read my Bible every day. And man, I, it was just, I was just thrilled to be able to do that. And I remember a day or two, and, and, and at some reason, whatever reason, uh, the, the day just went by and maybe I didn't get it read. And I remember it's it after midnight. It'd be after midnight. And I'd just weep. Because I didn't read my Bible that day. Brothers and sisters, that's a Kadesh Barnea. Another, hey, there's uh, another one. Another one for, for my wife and I. We didn't grow up, I, I didn't grow up like this, going to church three times a week. That's a new thing to me. But I remember making a commitment. Every time the doors are open, this was a Kadesh Barnea for me. Every time the doors are open, every time the doors are open, my wife and myself and our children were going to be in the house of God. I mean, you, you've got to decide that. So that's in there. Tithing for me was a Kadesh Barnea. Yes. I, when, I got, when I got saved, I wasn't tithing. I didn't tithe. I didn't tithe at all until, again, we got right with God. And God began to, And when we got right with God, we couldn't, we, we couldn't hardly pay our house payment. We had way more bills than we had money coming in. And God began to deal with my heart about tithing. And, and uh, the, the way, you know, every way your pastor preaches it is right. Let me just put it that way. But the way my pastor preached it is you tithe on your income before taxes, not after taxes. I mean, if the government gets 10%, shouldn't God get 10%? That's the way we did it. I mean, it's the way we did it. And so, and my pastor, again, you're, you, he, he, showed, he, he read some, to me, is some archaic scripture that said, if you rob from God, you're supposed to give him uh, 20%. Extra. Well, now you can do the math. 20% of 10% is 2%. And I'd been robbing God for a long time. So God laid on my heart, you need to give 12%. I, I, I'm, I'm just telling you what happened to me, preacher. Okay, just me. But, so I'm not saying you need to do that. You just, you know, follow, you, know you follow God and do what your pastor says. But if you, but if you were to give 12%, I'm sure it'd be just fine. Okay. But that was a Kades Barnea for me. I remember, I, I remember that, was a, that was a milestone. And brothers and sisters, I'll tell you what, godly sorrow, it'll work repentance not to be repented of. And when, when you get to a Kadesh Barnea and you cross that river, you won't go back. I, I'm not say, you will not go back when it's like that. I mean, you won't go back. God, it cannot, get this, godly sorrow worketh repentance that cannot Cannot 
be repented of. Do you get that? That's Kadesh Barnea. For me and my wife, um, missions giving, faith promise giving was Kadesh Barnea. I never heard of that thing until 1993. And we had our first missions conference I was ever a part of and brought in six or seven missionaries and I started hearing. And I want you to get this. We did not have anything. But God laid on my heart a certain amount. God, you know, the preacher said, you pray about it, let God lay it on your heart. So we did. We were just so ignorant that we just, if a preacher preached it, you know what? We just tried to do it. I didn't know that it was optional. I'm serious. I didn't know that. You got to grow up in church to know it's optional. I didn't know it was optional. Lord laid on me and my wife's heart. It's a, I, I heard stories like this, and I, honestly, I'd roll my eyes. I thought, that can't be true. Just like Pastor said, he said, some of you don't believe that. But I believe it, amen. This actually happened. So I told you I started reading my Bible and started praying every day. But I, I'm a sleepy head. And if I got down on my knees to pray in the morning, 10 minutes later, I'm asleep. So I said, I got to do something different. So I started walking, walking around in my neighborhood early in the morning. I, I'm not trying to tell you about me. I'm just telling you, I'm trying to get to the point right here. And I, I went to work. I had to work a job, uh, you know, eight, nine hours a day, 10 hours, whatever. By the time you get there, et cetera, you know how it is. And when I got home, I didn't want to be in, the, in my Bible for an hour or two because that's the only time I had with my kids. So I said, the only way I can get this without taking away family time, I'm going to get them up early in the morning. So I got four in the mornings reading the Bible every day. Amen. And I'd fall asleep. I mean, I remember walking in my kitchen, reading my Bible and fall asleep. And, and fall over the oven, falling asleep. So I had to do something. Anyway, so I said all that to say. So faith promise time come around. We're $5 short. It's Wednesday. We gave our faith born on Wednesday night. And so I'm out there walking and praying. $5 short. Only time it's ever happened in my life. And this really happened. I looked down and there was $5 on the ground in the middle of my neighborhood. Now, you say $5. That, you know, that's nothing unless you don't have it. And so... But here's what I'm trying to say. Cadence Barnea, for some folks, it's, it is faith promise giving. Yeah. And God may lay something on your heart. If you pray, <clears throat> all, the, all you're asked to do is pray and ask God to lead you on, on what to do in that thing. But then following. He may put a Cadence Barnea in front of you on that matter. I remember the day I came to the altar just like this one, and I got down on my face, and I said, God... This, this is who I was. I had my goals. I carried my goals in my pocket. I, I carried my goals in my pocket. I had three or four goals in, in my life. And I carried them in my pocket. I won't tell you what they were, but I had some secular goals. I remember walking down that aisle, getting on that, getting on that altar, and I said, God, anything on this planet you want me to do, I'll do my best to do it. And I took... I carried my goals around in my pocket for years. I took those goals out. I tore it up almost as quick as your pastor tore up that declaration up here. Amen. <laughs> but that's a Kadesh Barnea. Listen to me. You've many, many, I'm, the point isn't that you need to do all this, but you do. But the point is this. God will lead you. God will show you. Listen, it's time to get serious to get serious about this thing. 
And, and if he does, it'll be a kadesh barnea. Now, I want you to, I, I said all that to say, so there's, there's many other things, but I just, I want you to know what a kadesh barnea is. But the reality of it is, look at Deuteronomy 126. Deuteronomy 126. Notwithstanding, you would not go up, but rebelled against the commandment of the Lord your God. Now listen to this. They wouldn't go up. They would not do it. Do you know that they had seen the plagues in Egypt? They saw the mighty power of God. And here they are at a river, and over on the other side is this Canaan land that they came out of that thing for, and God said, go in and possess it. And it's not like they were just hearing from God for the first time in their lives. It's not like they're just seeing the power of God or they've never seen the power of God. They had seen the power of God. They'd, get this. They saw the frogs. They saw the lice. They saw the flies. They saw the grievous moraine when all the cattle died. They saw all that. They saw the Red Sea open up. They were eating manna from heaven. They were miracle after miracle after miracle after miracle. They, say God, they saw God defeat the Amalekites when Moses standing there with his hands raised. You know all that and Aaron and her and all that. They saw that stuff, brothers and sisters. They they saw the presence of God up on top of the mountain. They saw all of that. And it's, it's not like they saw it 50 years ago. It wasn't like they heard it from mom and daddy. It wasn't like they heard a story about from grandpa. They saw it with their own eyes. And they got to Kadesh Barnea. And God said, here it is. Go over. I'm with you. Possess it. And they would not go. How many folks has God touched their hearts about getting in, just being faithful to church every service and they still can't make it on a Wednesday night? Now that's not you, amen. But you know what I'm talking about. How many, God, God's dealt with their heart. You need to read your Bible. I don't, if, listen, if you can understand me, you need to read your Bible every day. If you're four years old and you're saved and you can't read, you get your mama to read your, a verse or two every single day. I heard a preacher one time say, if you're old enough to be saved, you're old enough to act like it. Saved people read their Bibles every day. Young people, do that. It'll change your life. Nothing will change your life. And God's, leading, God's laying on your heart to do that. Do it. Why won't you? It'll, all you have to be, you can be in the, you'll, be in, you'll, be, you'll be one of the top Christians in the world if you'll just read your Bible every day. Anyhow. But the Bible says they wouldn't. How many people have been called to every single country represented here on these flags here tonight? And they never went. Did you know what the Bible says? Many are called, but few are chosen. What comes first in that sentence? Call or chosen? Many are called, but few are chosen. For example, I stood up here and I said, I need five young people to help me after church to do a job out in the parking lot. If you'd help me with that, would you please raise your hand? Many are called, but one, two, three, four, five have been. Your chosenness is dependent upon what you do. With the call. Does that make sense to you? Do you understand that many are called to the mission field, but few are chosen? But you know why they aren't chosen? Because they sit there and won't trust God. Do you see that? 
Because they, can, can, I, can I get back into scripture here? They got to Kadesh Barnea and they would not cross over. They came to Kadesh Barnea. Now, the message tonight is one point. There's only one point. I, brothers and sisters, I cannot overemphasize this. I want to I I be succinct, and I want to I go through this message without getting off track. What, I'm gonna sh- what the Lord God is going to show us in His Word tonight and if he'll, and I know he, I know he's here. If I can show it to you from the Bible, you're going to see in the Word of God why so many Christians never cross the Canaan of their Kadesh Barneas. I'm going to show you the one single thing that keeps it from happening, and we'll see it right in the Bible because it's the same thing that keeps it from happening with them. Now you say they didn't have faith, they didn't have trust. I know that generally. But I'm going to look down the very nitty gritty and see what the exact thing was. And if you'll get this, I'm glad. And in fact, I intentionally did this on Thursday night. I was wrong, Pastor. I was wrong. But I thought, well, you know, the, the crowd on Thursday night, the crowd will probably be a little lower. And it'll be, only the peop- it'll be the people that are serious. A serious about doing something for God. And I know others are, you know, I'm lay out all the, all, all, all the things. I know folks are at home and can't be here, et cetera, et cetera. But at, normally on a Thursday night, but I was wrong because it's, it's, it's just as big a crowd, if not as just big, about the same as what it was last night. But listen to me. This is the one thing that's going to keep you on the wrong side of the river. And so, and I'm going to show it to you straight out of the Bible. There's going to be several scriptures, but... But you're going to see it very clearly. And it's only one thing. Now, now, here's the thing. Get this first. Deuteronomy came 40 years after Numbers. I'm sorry. That is correct. Deuteronomy came 40 years after Numbers. Deuteronomy is a... In, in this part of Deuteronomy right here, Moses is summarizing what they've been through. But what actually happened in real time happened back in Numbers. So we'll go back to Numbers chapter 13 and we're going to look at what happened at Kadesh Barnea, okay? So go back there with me, Numbers chapter 13 and verse number 1. So everybody knows what we're doing, right? You know why we're looking at this, right? Because, hey, next time God speaks to me, next time God speaks to me, because guess what? God's not through. You know what what He's doing in your life? Same thing He's doing in His mind. He's conforming us to the image of His dear Son. And there ain't one of us there. When you get there, look down. You'll be standing on streets of gold. So God's not finished with you. And there's a Kadesh Barnea coming. And some of you are sitting there right now in the middle of one. And I'm going to show you right here in the Bible what's going to keep you from crossing over. All right, so here you go. Numbers chapter 13. And we're going to read, first of all, we're going to read verses 1 and 2. Now, verse 16 of the previous verse tells you where we are. The previous chapter tells where we are. And afterward, the people removed from Hazaroth and pitched in the wilderness of Paran. The wilderness of Paran is like the state of Maryland, and Kadesh Barnea is like Dundalk, okay? So we're, we're in the same place right here. And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Send thou men that they may search the land of Canaan, which I have given to the children of Israel, of every tribe of their fathers. Shall you send a man, every one 
a ruler among them. So God's, they're standing on the, on, on the bank of the river, and there they are, a million or so of them. And God says, here's what you need to do. I want you to send a man out of every tribe. I want you to send him over, and I want you to check, him, I want you to check out the land. Okay, so that's the that's will of God, right? So that's, that's what they did. So I want you to look. So God told them to do that. And then Moses told the people, uh, verse 13, and chapter number 17. I mean, chapter number 13, verse number 17. Sorry about that word, verse number 17. And Moses sent them, now look, look, look carefully what he sent them to do. This is before they ever crossed over. This is in a perfect will of God. This is God's idea to send some spies over. Everybody with me there? Okay, so here's what he said. Moses sent them to spy out the land of Canaan and said unto them, Get you up this way southward and go up into the mountain. And look what verse 18. He said, Go spy out the land of Canaan. 17, 18 he says, See the land. What it is and the people. I want you to go look at the people, look at the land that dwelleth there, whether they be strong or weak, few or many, and what the land is that, that they dwell in, whether it be good or bad, and what cities they be that dwell in, whether in tents or in strongholds, and what the land is, whether it be fat or lean, whether they be wood therein or not, and be of good courage and bring of the fruit of the land. Now the time was the uh, time of first ripe grapes. So God told him, here's what to do. Go over there. And essentially, all I see, all I see in that whole thing is you need to go over there and check it out. And check it all out. Strong or weak, good or bad, check out the people, check out the fruit. And, hey, and while you're at it, bring us back a sample. Would you do that? So that was his instructions before they crossed the Canaan land. And I believe God says something like that to us. He says, if you're going to go into battle, he said, you first need to sit down and you need to count the cost. Right. So all that's good. And so they did that. And I'm moving along. I don't, I don't, uh, like I said, there's only one point. And so I, I don't want to lose you with all the background. But I, you, you've got to see this. Okay, moving, moving along. Okay, good. So Moses told them what to do. And then they executed the plan. Look at Numbers 13, 21. So here, God's told them to go, go over and check it out, do that. And so Numbers 13, 21, off they go. So they went up and searched the land. From the wilderness of Zen and Rahab, as men came to Hamath, they ascended by the south, they came to Hebron, etc., etc. Verse 23, they came to the book of Eshkol, cut down from thence a branch of one cluster of grapes. I know you're, you're passing a preachess. He could, he could preach that little part right there, probably better than anybody in America, putting that grape that's so big on his head, you know, and all that. So anyway, but he, they did all that. The place was called the Brook Eshkol. So there they go, verse 25, and they returned from searching out the land. So they went up there, and they did all the things God told them to do. They checked it out. They brought back some grapes. All that happened. Everybody okay? So they did what it, they did was said. Now, go back with me to Deuteronomy, chapter 1, verse 24. And so Moses is telling the same story. He's telling, here's what, we, here's what we did. In verse 24, they returned and went up into the mountain and came into the valley of Eshcol and searched it out. And they took of the fruit of the land in their hands and brought it down unto us and brought us word again and said, it's a good land which the Lord our God hath given us. So they said all that. Now look at verse 26. Notwithstanding, you would not go up, but rebelled against the commandment of the Lord your God. And you murmured in your tents and said, Because the Lord hateth us, hated us, he hath brought us forth out of the land of Egypt to deliver us into the hand of the Amorites to destroy us. So they got bitter on God. They wouldn't go. They, they went up. They looked. They did. They brought, back, they brought back the report. And they decided that they would not 
go. Here's the question, and we're rolling to the end. This whole message is almost over. Why? Well, we can say, well, they were afraid and this and that and the other. I know, but the, that, all those were symptoms. What was the root problem? Okay, look with me. Deuteronomy 1, and 23. <clears throat> the Bible says, And you came near unto me. Now, in, uh, we'd have to flip back to see this, but basically in Numbers, God spoke, to, God spoke to Moses and Moses spoke to the people and said, I want you to choose 12. I want you to send them over. Now look at verse 22. So here's what happened. Ye came near unto me, every one of you, and said, we will send men before us. It wasn't their idea. Get this. That was not their idea. It wasn't their idea to send men. It was God's idea. God said, send men. Moses told Moses that. Moses told the people, we're going to send up, bring 12 men. We're going to send them. And what, what happened is they got everybody together and they came to Moses and said, here's what we're going to do. We're going to do it. And they're repeating to Moses what they're going to do. They said, we will send men before us and they shall search out the land and bring us word again by what way we must go up and into the cities which into the cities we shall come. Here's the point. They said, we're going to go and we're going to search the land, which God told them to do. But what else did they say they were going to do? They said, these men are going to go and they're going to bring us word again by what way we must go up. Now, keep that in your brain and look at one more verse. 128. 128. Notwithstanding, 128. So they came back and they said, we can't go, et cetera, et cetera. And they said, whither shall we go up? Let me get that in context. Ye murmured in your tents and said, because the Lord hateth us, he hath brought us forth out of the land of Egypt to deliver us in the land of the Amorites to destroy us. Whither shall we go up? They're, they're, they're asking this question. Which way are we going to go? Back in Numbers, did he, ever, did he ever ask them to figure out how to get it done? Why did they come back and say, we're going to figure out the way? He never asked them to figure out the way. He didn't say figure out the way. He never one time said, I need you to go up there and check it out and I need you to lay out a strategic plan about how to get it done. He never one time, when God asks you to do something like tithe, He never one time says, sit down with your calculator and figure out how to get it done. When God called you to go to a certain mission field, He never asked you one time, now here's what you need to go. Sit down there in your kitchen with your wife and family and you figure out how you're going to get it done. They went up, they looked, and they came back, and here's, they, here's what they said. In fact, they told Moses, I want you, I want you to see this. I, I feel like I hadn't made this real clear, so I want to go back at verse 22. I want you to see this, and I want you to see what, I want you to see what Moses' answer was. So he told them, here's what you're going to do. God told Moses, here's what you're going to do. He told the people, what, here's what you're going to do. The people came back and said, here's what we're going to do. Verse 22, we will send men before us, and they shall search out the land and bring us word again. 
by what way we must go up. Look at verse 23. And the saying pleased me well. Moses missed it. Moses should have said, wait a minute. God never told us to figure out the way. God never told you how to get it done. Do you know that when God speaks, he's not going to show you how to get it done. Because if he shows you how to get it done, you'll be operating by sight and not by faith. And God's way is a faith way. If you have to know how it's going to happen, you're never going to cross over. God lays something on your heart. Every, everything that anybody has ever done in service to our king, they didn't know how it was going to get done. It can, it's, it's all, I was going to say where they're a little small, but if you're serving the Lord, it's all big. And pastor, I don't know how you do it with the children, but there's, if you understand this message, if, if your heart is burdened for missions, then everybody in here should be given to missions. And so there may be an eight-year-old thinking, how in the world can I give to missions? I can't even get mom and dad to give me an allowance. I tell you what, young person, six-year-old, if God lays on your heart to give a dollar a week, you just trust him for that. You trust him for that. It's, can I just put it this way? It's just as easy for God to give you a dollar a week as it is for him to give your daddy $200 a week. That ain't nothing. So don't get paralyzed by trying to figure out the way. That's the whole message. But I want to I, I nail it down with two more verses. Can we just nail it down? All right, let, let's nail it down. Because I want to show you this too. Turn to Proverbs chapter 16, verse 9. Proverbs 16, verse 9. <clears throat> and here's what the Bible says. A man's heart deviseth his way. You know what we're in? We're in the way business. We've we got to figure it out. But here's what God does. But the Lord directeth his steps. Here's what God's going to tell you to do. Cross that river and wait for instructions. Now go up to that little place called Jericho and wait for instructions. Now march around that thing seven days and wait for instructions. Do you get that? It's simple, isn't it? It's a simple thing, isn't it? But we cannot fathom how it can get done. And so therefore, we don't even... And here's another thing. Family devotions. Family devotions. That was, that was a big thing for us, Pastor. That was another big Katie Barnea. It's like God laid my heart. We need to be getting, getting, getting the family around the Bible every single day of our lives. Read a few verses, pray, etc. How are you going to get that done? We're so busy now. I'm telling you, brothers and sisters. Oh, man's heart devises this way. But you know, you know what the Lord's going to direct? Steps. We're in the way business. God's in the steps business. And I'll tell you something else, just in case you're wondering, Jesus said, I'm the way. So you follow him, 
That's the way. And I can't give you one more verse. I told you I'm going to give two, and I gave you one. I'm going to give you one more. You're going to be surprised at this one. Jeremiah 10, 23. You're going to be amazed at this one. So what we like to do is, is devise our way, but God directs the steps. Now look what God says in 10, 23 right here. O oh Lord, I know that the way of man is not in himself. It is not in man that walketh to direct his steps. We can't figure out the way or the steps. I'm telling you, brothers and sisters, I, I know this is, well, Lord willing, it is simple. I want it to be simple. It should be simple. We don't want to get away with the simplicity that's in Christ Jesus. God's going to lead you to do something. And, of course, we're in a missions conference this week, so this deals with faith, promise, giving, and I get that. But it deals with so many other things in your life. God's going to lead you to do something. God's going to, God's going to, God's going to stir your heart about something. <clears throat> and normally, if it's from God, you're going to say, there's no way. Hey, here's what you say. There's no way. There's no way. There's no way we can do that. There's no way. And then so you're going to sit down and try to start figuring out a way. And can I just give you this little piece of information? The more you try to figure out the way, the more you're going to prove that your original hypothesis was correct. There's no way. There's no way. God may lead you. God may truly speak to your heart about a certain amount to give. <clears throat> there are people... There, there's, why wouldn't there be somebody in here right now that God's really doing with their heart about going to some foreign field? Why wouldn't somebody dealing with their heart right now? I've heard people say, I'd do anything but this, I'd do anything but that. Why is there somebody here tonight God could be dealing with their heart to just say, Lord, anything, anything on the planet. I've heard people say, I'd do anything, but I'm afraid of what it might do to my kids. What about this? Anything on the planet. And here's the next thought. Well, what if it's this? How could that happen? What if it's this? How could we do that? What if it's that? How could we do this? What if it's that? There's no, hey, there's no way I could do that. Man's heart deviseth his way. First step, getting into Canaan land, is you've got to get in the river. And you let the Lord direct your steps. It's not up to you to figure out the way. It's up to us to obey. Let Him give us that next step. And then the next step. And then the next step. Close with this. They came to Kadesh Barnea. Pastor. Let's stand our feet tonight, heads bowed, eyes closed. Nobody's leaving. Music's playing, altars open. There's no question in my mind that during that message, God spoke to you about something very specific.